0: Welcome to The Way of the Disciple book study brought to you by Sushipe. My name is Eric Gallagher and I'll be offering the reflection on chapter 1 titled Becoming Wet Clay in His Hands. Now before we get into this specific chapter, I want to give a basic overview of the book. This book titled The Way of the Disciple is a book on discipleship. But this author views discipleship... Kind of simply stated as an invitation to intimate companionship with Jesus, becoming like Jesus. It's why we go through this book is out of this desire that we have to be a disciple, to give our lives fully to Jesus Christ, to walk with him in all ways, to receive his life each and every day. And this first chapter, it goes through the basic foundations of For how to receive the love of Jesus, how to begin to understand, relate to, and open ourselves up to discipleship in Jesus Christ. So, what we're going to do for this study is each week we'll have eight different reflections on the text offered through this podcast series. And then on the Sushipe platform at sushipe.co. Um, anyone who's listening can go on in and we have discussion questions and we'll be discussing this content together there as well so in this first chapter becoming wet clay in his hands he starts off by simply showing this dynamic of desiring to become a dumb beast (laughs) right he talks about that there are two different impulses that we might have in our faith that are shown to us um, by Peter. One is to, to feel like we should or shouldn't have anything to do with Jesus because of how unworthy we are. But at this other side, we have this great desire and yearning in us to be with Jesus. And so the dumb beast comes in from this Hasidic story that shared um, as someone who was reading the psalm. And it says, I was dumb and ignorant. I have been like a dumb beast in your presence. And this man being inspired saying, I want to be dumb. I want to be lowly. Because I know that in being lowly, I am more able to receive the love of God. It's in my poverty that I can receive the love of God. So he goes through... uh, Several of the things, the questions we might have regarding discipleship. But he says on page 16, the prerequisite attitude for becoming in earnest a disciple of Christ. Namely, the willingness to abandon the old, what is behind us, and begin to desire to be created again by the power of God's Holy Spirit. And that's really what this entire chapter is about. He alludes to it as really taking on our baptism each and every single day, being made new by the waters of baptism. On page 18, he says, what we are seeking at bottom is not mental information or moral instruction or even a sentimental influence that will make us feel the presence and goodness of God. What we seek with all our soul, rather, is the possibility of opening ourselves up in prayer to God's transforming action. We desire a change of life, a conversion from what we presently are to a more precise embodiment of the likeness of Christ at the center of our being, radiating out from us through all our thoughts, words, and actions. So before we can enter into discipleship, we must recognize the nature of our desire to be a disciple. And often that comes simply through us just learning to be still and to be quiet. But every single one of us, if we're honest, we're going to recognize that we desire something greater than us, greater than this world. He says, but the only thing that God's glory can house within itself is the persons God created us to be. And not the illusory selves we have manufactured. And so this glory will often feel like a consuming fire. Separating the gold of our authentic God-created being from the dross of our fake self-constructed image. So essentially what he's telling us in this passage is our desire comes from this reality that we're not there yet. And that the world in us must be separated from the godliness in us. Then we can begin to really partake in the fullness of the glory of God. Says on page 22, a test would be to ask myself whether I can really be poor, silent, and joyous while at prayer in the, in the presence of the Beloved, or whether I come to Him only to win Him over to my own thousand projects and desires. Is our heart and our desires ordered towards Jesus or not? Are we longing to receive from Him at every moment of every day? Are we so stuck on ourselves that we neglect to realize how good God is and what he has in store for us? And he really gets into this chapter a lot about how we can really get stuck in our ways, even if we are good practicing Catholics that are doing all the right things. Even I think of myself and I experienced a conversion to the faith Um, About 25 years ago, and I've grown to believe that I have accomplished many good standards and norms in my life to be able to experience the love of God. But this author encourages us to consider how we can be made young and new again and cooperate in this process. Isn't that what any married couple typically desires as well? There's this newness in their marriage, That gets lost once they start getting into kind of habitual marriage, right? But now it can be even better if we can maintain the depth and the growth of what we've received over time, but also regain and be reborn through new realities in that relationship. How great can it be? Because that's the one thing you're lacking in the beginning of the relationship, is that wisdom, is that depth, is that intimacy that you have now. But not at the cost of the newness and the life that was found in the very beginning. So he takes us into Genesis and helps to remind us that essentially what we're looking for is to be made new again and again and again in the garden. He says, how that happens is through the spring of water. So on page 25, he says, the mist welling up out of the earth and watering all the surface of the ground, which makes the formation of man possible in the very next verse, must represent the love of God being poured out over all creation and animating all things so that they can have life and being in themselves. Without being watered continually by God's love, each thing hardens, becomes static, fossilized. He says our baptism is an ongoing event. And this is the imagery that he desires us to have in this first chapter. That we would be like clay, always being fashioned into the love and likeness of God. But in order to be able to be fashioned and loved by the likeness of God, we must have that mist, right That spring, that water that softens us in order to be able to receive. You see, God is always acting. God is always calling us to himself. God is always desirous to form us to become more like Him. And we can also have that desire and that hunger for that but what we must long for is the springtime in us each and every single day that comes from abandoning ourselves abandoning our thoughts our wishes our desires placing them into the care of the love of god and allowing him to make us new If there's one element of this chapter that I would encourage you to go back to and sit with, it's in the closing pages of the chapter when he talks about Iranius of Lyons. This is on page 31. At the bottom of that page, he takes us through this very, very beautiful reading from Iranius of Lyons. And that's where the focus of our discussion for this week will be is going to be on asking these questions, putting ourselves to the test. Do you have the capacity to be formed by the love of God? Are you a wet clay? Are you a dry clay? And how can we begin to open ourselves up in a way that gives us the ability to be formed by the hands of our maker into his likeness? Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for the opportunity to come together through this medium, to be able to walk through this text together. We thank you for this text and the spirit that allowed it to come to be. Lord, inspire us as we read and as we study together, as we pray together throughout this time. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hey everyone, it's Eric Gallagher, the founder of Sushipe. With Advent quickly approaching, I wanted to invite you to join our upcoming book study that will begin on November 29th. Fred and Kara from the organization Draw Near will be leading us through a chapter a week book study on the popular text, I Believe in Love, a personal retreat based on the teachings of St. Therese of Lisieux. Each week, Fred and Kara will offer a simple reflection on a chapter and will guide online discussions through the Sushipe platform. This is an excellent book, and opportunity for anyone who's desiring to grow in their spiritual life. Find out more by visiting sushipe.co study. That's S-U-S-C-I-P-E dot C-O slash study.